0: Welcome to the Wheatful Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Goff, and I'm so excited you're here. I'm an online product shop owner over at Wheaton Honey Co., a business strategist leading women-owned, profitable, and purposeful businesses, and your host here at the Wheatful Woman Podcast. Join us as we have fun and soulful conversation with a bunch of girlfriends pursuing a life full of intention and purpose. We are here to give you space and tools for your holistic wellness journey and hope you leave each episode feeling a bit more full than when you came. All right, Wheatful Women, let's dive in. Today's episode features Whitney Rao. She's the founder of Miracle Mill Cookies, Collective 31, her story, and also the host of the Message from Mom podcast. Whitney is passionate about motherhood and entrepreneurship and believes in the importance of investing in relationships. Here's my conversation with Whitney. Hey, Whitney. Welcome to the Wheatful Woman podcast. I'm so excited you're here with me today.
1: Brittany, thanks so much for having me on today. It's such an honor and I'm excited to chat with you.
0: Yeah, I am as well. And... I'm really excited to learn personally more about what's going on in your world through all of your endeavors today. And for anyone that's listening, most women probably are very well familiar with all that you do. But for anyone that's not, I just want to start with sharing a little bit of what I see and what you're doing right now and the way that you empower women. And that's as I reached out to you and was thinking about, okay, what can we talk about and what should our theme be for today? I just kept going back to how clear it is that you are so passionate about helping women pursue their passions and creating space for them to do that, whether it's through motherhood or entrepreneurship or being in community with other women so they can be empowered. So before I give you space to tell us about your businesses and more details, I'd love to start by asking you to share with us where your love to empower women started. And if that's something that you kind of fell into naturally with your businesses, or if that's something that you have always wanted to do.
1: Well, first of all, that's so sweet. Thank you for all that. Well, it's really funny. From a very early age, I have always loved entrepreneurship. And I guess you could just say it's in my blood. Both my parents are entrepreneurs. My grandmother is as well and I just wrote up around really powerful strong women and from a young age I when I was eight years old I started my first stationery company mm-hmm. so funny I don't even think I could spell stationery correctly but I made up little business cards that I would go door to door in my neighborhood and sell little custom stationery cards and I actually remember my first order was for a little girl's Birthday party, I think she was turning five, and her mom commissioned $50 worth of cards, which was oh. it was $5 a card. And I made 10 custom cards for her. And I thought that was so incredible. I had made $50. It was to me like the most money I'd ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And that moment of someone actually their willingness to open up their wallet and give me money to create something for them that I just made up in my head. I was like, wow, I can do this the rest of my life. I can actually. Create a product or service for somebody. I mean, back then my mind was not thinking this clearly, but thinking I can make something and sell it and get money in return, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, from then, I launched a purse company. I would laminate magazines like Harper's Bazaar and In Style. And no I would drive over to, or have my mom drive me over, or I'd ride my bike too, over to this little uh, shoe repair shop called Dino's Shoe Repair. And this sweet man working there, he just listened to my vision. I told him I was going to make custom totes that I was going to sell in Nima Marcus one day. I was like 12. And I had him, I brought grommets I bought from Michaels, and I had him put grommets in my bags and sew them with really fun, different colored threads that he would use on his cowboy boots. He made thread up the sides and like bright red and bright pink and bright purple threads, And then put like cool rope and fabric handles on them. And I ended up, they turn, you know, talk about pivot. They ended up turning into a really popular line of person handbag or of tote bags for piano teachers. <laughs> no way. <laughs> not me and Marcus, but I think it gets piano teachers. I actually did not do well in piano lessons when I was little. But (laughs) for some reason, one little girl in my school, her parents were really into piano and taught piano lessons. And they asked me to laminate Old like vintage sheet music and make make totes out of that so that the little kids who came would come and they would be able to put their sheet music in their little tote bags and so it was great that became my little business for a while and then I started a a jewelry company in high school and anyway just kind of always I was always starting and creating things and in the process of doing that though it was really cool because I guess I was very entrepreneurial minded, like I said, from an early age. And a lot of my friends would just come alongside me and want to work with me. Mm -hmm. And so I saw that not only was I creating a business for myself, I was creating a business for other people. And especially people that I cared about and loved my friends. And it was cool. We got to just spend time together whether it was making jewelry in high school or working on the stationery together and going door to door or whatever it was, it was time for me to spend time with people I loved and also create opportunities for us to make money so we could go do things like buy nail polish from Limited Two. <laughs> oh, <limited laughs> and too. Other little, Yeah, Limited Two and the other little things that you know you do when you're in high school or yeah. not high school, I guess elementary school yeah. back in the nineties um and early two thousands. But Anyway, so that's kind of where my passion started from a very early age. And then uh, and just to not only empower my friends, but empower others through the process is just... Um, I think women are really amazing. Growing up as an only child, I grew up as an only child. And I've just spent tons of time with a lot of really great girlfriends um, who became pretty much my sisters. And I think women, when we support each other, and this saying has been said over and over again, but like incredible things happen. And I just mm-hmm. feel like... Women have so many incredible gifts to offer each other, but you know you can use them for good or for bad. And I think when women share their gifts with each other and help each other out, like I've just seen so many cool things come out of that. And so that's where everything else has kind of fallen from um, in my path is just that, that foundation.
0: Yeah. Can you tell us more about Miracle Milk Cookies, her story, Collective 31, and your podcast message from mom? And walk us through your heart behind all of these impactful businesses that you've started and are leading through?
1: Yes. Yeah, so actually with they all kind of came out of each other. As most businesses do, they kind of grew from each other. You know, when I was actually, I grew up in a strong Christian home in Dallas. Our Presbyterian church, and you know, learn just to wait till you're married, have a baby. But this became part of my story. I um when I was 27 years old, I found out I was pregnant with a little girl. Mm. And I was um, at the time had been dating a guy for about almost a year. We hadn't even really a hundred percent considered marriage. We talked about it a little bit, but we, um, we found out we were pregnant. He proposed to me uh, literally like a month later. Um, we moved to Dallas and I was then in that At that point, um, I had literally just quit my job before I found out I was pregnant with an amazing company to work for myself and do consulting, marketing consulting. And he was finishing up school. He was a kind of musician on the side, taking a couple years off of school. And um, anyway, we were just in a position where I was like, oh my gosh, God, what are you doing with my life? Because I had not prepared in any way to just go from you know, (laughs) having a stable job and a life that I planned out to having literally the rug ripped out from underneath me. And what I thought was my plan was taken away. I thought in a heartbeat when I found out I was pregnant with a little girl pregnant. And so I entered, uh, it was June of 2015, entered motherhood with complete, I was just like a deer in the headlights. I had no idea what to do. I was the first of my friends to get pregnant. I had just gotten married that February, and I was just very scared in every capacity and didn't know what to do. <laughs> um, I had a lot of my great girlfriends to lean on, but I was at a time supporting our family, running my consulting business full time while my husband was finishing his degree. And I had a newborn baby at home who was born at five pounds, 15 ounces. Uh, which is really small, and she was healthy. But I was just so stressed out, I think, the whole pregnancy. And I was told that she had an underlying condition called Turner Syndrome, that mm-hmm. uh, you you don't carry the baby full term. And if you do, there are a lot of health issues. And so I was very, I mean, we were prayerful that everything was going to be okay, but I didn't know. turned out she was fine. But anyway, entered motherhood in a very scared, very uncertain place. And so the one thing that was really... So we, I remember one day I was on a walk. I just went on a ton of walks with my little baby. So I was like, I don't know what to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And I got back and one of my friends texted me and she said, I just made you some fresh baked cookies and I put them on your doorstep. I don't know if you're breastfeeding, but these help with milk supply. And I said, okay, well, I've never heard of a cookie that helps milk supply, but I love, I love baking cookies. My whole life I'd always made this oatmeal chocolate chip cookie that I would bring everywhere. I actually even sold them in high school at a little coffee house. (laughs) Like I, these cookies were like called Whitney's no it's like whitney's cookies so i ended up googling lactation producing ingredients and discovered that brewer's yeast oats and flaxseed all help with milk supply so i just went over to whole foods with little stella my baby and me bought brewer's yeast and flaxseed, and i put it in my oatmeal chocolate chip cookie recipe and i made so much more milk after eating these cookies it was unbelievable i was like this is crazy i can eat cookies make milk i feel good i'm feeding mm-hmm. my baby and it's not only that, but the fact that a friend like had brought me cookies and she yeah. put a little note with it, like meant, I can't even tell you. I don't know why, but that little gesture meant so much to me. It's like she recognized that I was in this situation that was just not comfortable or easy for me at the time. So fast forward a year and a half later, um, we were in a little more stable position. I was pregnant again with my second this one was planned. And even though I say God planned the first one as well, obviously, mm-hmm. um, I didn't mention this. I posted the recipe to a blog I started after college. The recipe was called the Miracle Milk Cookie because I wasn't writing about baby stuff at the time. I just was talking about lifestyle and fashion and beauty. But I thought, you know, if my friends get pregnant or have babies or their sisters do, this is great. I can share this recipe and they can make cookies for themselves. So... I went on the back end of that blog post and I'm telling you, no one read that blog. Maybe my mom and like five friends, <laughs> but like we had 300,000 or more hits <gasps> on that one post. Wow. which was insane. And so I, I went through the analytics and I had pinned it on Pinterest and then a ton of people had repinned it. Like I had like 50,000 repins and then pop sugar wrote about it. Health magazine wrote about it and all these wow. influencers writing about it. And I was like, this is so crazy. So of course, me with my entrepreneurial mindset, I was like, okay, I can keep doing my little marketing business on the side, but I'm going to launch a cookie company. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other podcast for another day, but that whole <laughs> process <laughs> took a while. But fast forward to August of 2018, which was literally, you know, just two years ago. Um, my my second baby turned one. We launched nationally Miracle Milk Cookies and we delivered fresh-baked cookies to mom's doorsteps with either dairy-free, gluten-free, soy-free cookies inside or chocolate cookies, which are the original with a little note from me, just like I got received a note from that friend so long ago and just encourages mamas. And it's been cool now because I actually write every single note that goes in the box just because I want to stay connected, the brand. And it's just really, really neat, especially during COVID seeing the notes that people are writing, like, you know, Hey sis, I haven't met your sweet baby yet, but I hope these treats will give you a little boost until i get to meet your baby and things Mm. like that i'm just like you haven't even seen your niece you know or Mm. you haven't even it's just it's just really or their their grandmother hasn't seen you know it's just because of covid and and it's been really cool to see the process of just how this how god actually gave this company to my family for us is our, and now my husband actually got his master's in neuroscience and he ended up quitting his uh, job at a hospital to work with me full-time in January of 2019. And so we've been in this together full-time, but it's like our family it's like what we're supposed to be doing. And yeah, it's, it's been a wild, wild ride. And and through that, I just, you know, was born from, from a need I had to feel support. And I felt like so many moms I was talking to were like, Ugh. or women, my friends who were like, I'm struggling with infertility, or I'm, I do not even want to have sex with my husband after mm-hmm. having a baby or mm-hmm. just all the different topics that women just don't really talk about. I kept hearing over and over again, just through either my own personal conversations or just through, DMs. I had people who were like, I'm struggling with this. Do you have a resource for that? And so that's where Message for Mom was born um, last Mother's Day. I just started taking all these conversations and putting topics behind them and then reaching out to people, like we were talking about earlier, on even Instagram or email, former customers, even just saying, Hey, listen, I'm really interested in talking to you, Tia Mowry, about the book you wrote on motherhood because it's so hilarious and real and raw. But you also are a huge advocate of of motherhood and empowering women. Can you come on? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Just different people like that who were like, I just want to help support women and moms Mm -hmm. in this space. And so that's her message was from mom was born. And then while I was building Miracle Milk Cookies in the process of building a business, as anyone who has created a business or startup knows, like it's not about the money at first. It's not about anything, but just the grit and determination and also the willingness to just do whatever, and and you look back on when you started a business, and you, like, I'm sure probably nine out of ten times you're like, "What the heck was I thinking?" Like when we first started, we we lived in an, I call it the cookie cottage, this tiny little cottage in Briarwood in Dallas, and we had like cabinets full of flour and sugar and butter we were mine butter was in the refrigerator refrigerator obviously but like we would go to costco and buy these massive bags of just everything and make these cookies and and now we have a kitchen make everything for us but like what i'm saying is the transition to all this stuff just took forever to like not forever but took a long time to figure out and so i'm the kind of person who's like i'm not going to spend you know six years building something i want to make it happen now Mm -hmm. i would would, (laughs) every day i feel like for like a year i met with somebody whether it was, you know, the CEO of a massive Fortune 500 company, or it was somebody on the street who had heard about somebody who knew somebody who had a cookie company at one point in time. Like I was talking to everybody about just like you know, just supply chain and finances and packaging and development and how to ship and, and talking to people at FedEx and UPS and USPS and and just fulfillment centers and everything to get it going. Mm -hmm. And in that process, I talked to a lot of women in Dallas who were like, oh yeah, we have a wine night with so-and-so or I do dinner with so-and-so and this group of girls, they have this thing going. And I was like, we all know each other in random ways or have similar circles that overlap. Why don't we all get together? And um, my friend Natalie had been helping me from a financial side, which was great because she just knew financial modeling, something I have no clue about. Mm-hmm. And so she she and I decided to create a group called Collective Thirty One um, with all the women that I had been meeting with and women she knew too in the business. And her passion is also entrepreneurs and female founders. And so we decided to combine forces and create this group. And our true passion underneath it all is based off of Proverbs Thirty One that we uh you know and and just empowering women to to pursue and find their passion and be that woman for their husband for their children for people around them just to help support them and, and just use a God, their god-given gifts and talents and so that's how we launched collective 31 in october of 2018 literally like two months after i launched miracle milk nationally and so all of these things kind of rolled into each other and then, sorry, this is a very long answer, but then um, her story, I <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, its we could unpack it if you want to at a later time, but, and then her story um, basically came, it's hilarious because my, now, so back to Stella, my little, she was four in March when we found out that school was canceled and this little boy in her class, Leith, had a crush on her. Mm. And so his mom texted and said, Hey, can Lake FaceTime with Stella? He misses her and he saw that they don't have school anymore. Of course, they were like in pre-K4. <laughs> said, of course. So you can you can FaceTime her. So he FaceTimed Stella. And as they were talking, it lasted like five seconds. They just said hi and hi and went off and played in their little rooms. And so she and I, his mom, Brittany, is the founder of the Ecola project. And so if you aren't familiar with the COLA, are you familiar with the COLA?
0: I am through you, but I would love for you to tell our community Yeah. So
1: Brittany um, went on a mission trip to Uganda, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but she went on a mission trip to Uganda uh, while she was in college at SMU and just fell in love with the women there and helping support the women there and wanted to do something impactful. And she launched COLA, which is actually, um, it's a jewelry company, but she has been able to employ hundreds of women in Uganda they make high quality jewelry that's actually now sold at Nordstrom's and Neiman's and very high-end jewelry boutiques all across uh, the country and um, has helped support so many women and so she had this incredible business that she had built and we were sitting there just talking about COVID and what had happened you know with a lot of these small businesses during this time and a lot of her friends and a lot of my friends and a lot of you know, members of Collective 31 were just really trying to figure out how to pivot. I wouldn't say we were, they were necessarily struggling at that point, but a lot of the large big box retailers that had been previously ordering from these brands had cut mm-hmm. their orders. And so mm-hmm. they're just trying to figure out, okay, how do we grow our online business? And what do we do to develop direct to consumer relationships that we never had before? Because we're working directly with these retailers. And so she and I started talking about how we could create something. And we talked about just, you know, the stories behind our brands. And, um, we felt like we were generating, you know, the way we started even generating sales to begin with was through the relationships we had built through the stories we were sharing. And Mm -hmm. so we, we called in, um, Tinsley, who is Brittany's little sister who's a mutual friend or a friend of mine too, intensely had started PAIR, P-A-I-R-R, which is a data company, but it's based off of, um, they create really cool experiences catered to you. And it's great for people who are moving to a new city because you can type in your experience profile, things you love to do, like farm a table or wine tasting Mm -hmm. or kayaking. And they they build out these really amazing events that you get invited to. And so because of COVID as well, her business had to pivot to online. So we all brainstormed and decided to launch her story, but we had to launch it fast because Mm -hmm. we knew we needed to help these small businesses quickly. So what her story is, it's a curated box of full-size products that brands want to get out there and share the story behind while sharing their own story and get them directly in customers' hands, but we offer them at a discounted rate. Um, But the cool part about it is it's not like a traditional subscription box or model where you're getting a sample. It's like we're actually paying the brands the wholesale markup they'd be getting paid if they were selling at Nordstrom's or Neiman's or Saks. So we're we're actually buying the products from them that they would have been selling elsewhere. And we're able to sell them by also sharing their story through our website. So it's supportherstory.com. And it's just been really neat Working with so many cool, um, I mean, from Jamie O'Bannion who started Beauty Bio. I mean, it's a huge brand, but uh, she was immediately um, behind us from day one. And then, um, you know, Miguel Andrina is a part of the box. And Myron Crosby, the sisters behind Myron Crosby boots are in it. And they had the cutest little baby wow. boots in our summer yes. box. And yes, I love those. That's so cute. And then we're actually about to launch a collaboration um, between her story and Miracle Milk into a really fun, highly curated mom box. Mm-hmm. And then we're also doing a partnership with Partners Card and doing a Partners Card box where 100% of the proceeds go back to family place. And so mm-hmm. there's just a lot of opportunity with her story that we have to, that we get to do. And I think it's just, it's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we just launched this summer clearly with COVID, but it's been really, really fun to see um, what's come out of that even so
0: far. Yeah. And how quickly.
1: Yeah, it's been fast. But I will say, like I said earlier, with women working together, so many things, incredible things happen. And mm -hmm. I mean, Tinsley's a powerhouse and Brit's a powerhouse and all the women in these businesses behind their brands are powerhouses. So I think just like combining all of our resources literally together in one spot has just helped it kind of get off the ground quickly.
0: Yeah, something that I see so much in you that I believe in too is always surrounding yourself with people that spur you on and not being intimidated or afraid to ask for help or to make a new friend or to reach out to another business that you think you can benefit and you can show up and and it can be a mutual relationship, but also somebody that can lead you to Is there anything that you would share with our community, whether it's a mom listening, maybe it's a stay-at-home mom, or maybe it's an entrepreneur, or maybe this woman's both? How would you spur her on to not be afraid to do those things that, that can sometimes feel hard in reaching out, asking for help, building new relationships? Because it's very clear that everything you do, you're surrounded by other women that are powerhouses. And I think sometimes that doesn't come naturally for a lot of women and I would love to leave them today with a little bit straight from you on how you do that and if you have any practical tips.
1: Great question. I would say, first of all, never be afraid. To, and I know it's scary, but to ask somebody for help. Because I think what I've... And this is actually probably the best advice I've ever received, but... The best advice is always free advice. And it's so has come true over and over and over again. The people that I've worked with who are willing just to give their time, give their energy, give their expertise are the best. some of the best people I know. Some of the most successful people I know, most hardworking people I know, because they had someone ahead of them do the same for them it's the people that hold on to their knowledge, their resources, their time, their tools and they don't want to give it away or they want to charge to give it away. I stay as far away from those people as possible. And nothing against that. I understand people have to money and we talked about that earlier. Money is time. And I mm-hmm. I to, and I think that's something too. Like be respectful of people you reach out to and say mm-hmm. I know you only have 5 minutes. But yep. these are the three questions I have, and I need these. Answers. I would love to if you had time to sit down and answer these for me. Or I don't know who to talk to about this. You have a great person I can I can talk to if you don't know. And just put yourself out there and be vulnerable and willing to just listen. Um, I think our generation, at least I feel like when I, especially when I was younger in my twenties, I felt like I knew everything and I like wanted to just give my advice to people. And what I've learned is, I mean, they say this too, like the more, you know, the less, you know, it's so true. Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't care if someone is, you know, 12 years old or 80 years old, I can learn something from them. And so just listening, putting on your listening ears, which I think I'm saying because I have, (laughs) young children now um sorry sorry but um just (laughs) (laughs) like not talking and listening but knowing Mm -hmm. like you don't I mean you don't want to waste your time you don't want to waste their time Mm -hmm. everyone is extremely busy and I think I made the mistake in the past of like telling somebody when I've been in conversation what I think about certain things um when I'm actually there to learn from them and so uh, entering every conversation, just saying, Hey, I really want to learn from you. I admire, respect this about you doing research before you meet with somebody, you talk with somebody. And, and like I said, I keep going back just to be mindful of their time. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, when it is five minutes, it's five minutes, when it's three minutes, three minutes, and then follow up, which is a really sweet quick little just thank you email. I mean, back in the day, it was like a note and that's fine or whatever, but I just something little to say thank you for your time. It meant so much to me and just you can leave it at that. But I think just I, 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 like I said, people who have the knowledge and the expertise and the resources are willing to help share because they've had someone do that for them. Mm-hmm. In my case in point, we had uh, Mark Cuban come to our coffee last September. And he is probably the smartest man I've ever met. and But also the most down to earth and genuine person, which I know sounds like crazy to say. But he he is like, when if I have a question about something and I I'm, you know, about... I actually asked him about launching her story. I shot him a quick email and he wrote back to me within like a second. You know, he's willing to help because he's had people around. He just, he's passionate about women and and also know who you're talking to. If they're Mm -hmm. passionate about female founders, passionate about, you know, businesses, Mm -hmm. lead with that. Lead with what they're already passionate about because then you're going to gauge their interest even more too. But I think it also helps um, to have someone connect you who's a friend of that person or knows that person. And so have them do like a warm intro because that's also another easy way to get in Um, If you've never met this person before and you really want a connection with them.
0: Yeah. And I think it's also an opportunity when you're building those relationships for those people to maybe bring someone that's 10 steps behind you to you that, like you said, you can return that favor to. And the more relationships you're investing in and building, the more opportunities there are to grow yourself, but also to invest in other women that are wanting to do similar things.
1: Exactly. And I will say, I mean, I speak to a lot of... like. Men my dad's age about different things. I feel like there's so much wisdom they have to offer and, you know, business, especially on the business side. It's fun. It's interesting because we'll have a conversation. They're like, okay, well, my daughter's thinking about getting into this. Will you now give her five minutes of your time? You know, just like you're saying, like, yes, of course. Like, let's pass this on to people and pay it forward in whatever capacity we can. Mm-hmm. So, yes.
0: Yeah. And at the beginning of our conversation, you were so open about earlier in your entrepreneur journey. And I keep thinking back on that. And as I have conversations with guests, I always try to think about who's listening Mm -hmm. and the things that they're clinging to and that they're learning from and that's spurring them on. And I really feel like as women listen to this episode, something they're really going to take from what you have shared is seeing how life is a journey. And learning how to be expectant of hope, expectant of contentment, of success, of having a career and a life and being a mom that's full of purpose and purposeful friendships. And I'm thinking back on what you shared about leaving your corporate job, starting to work for yourself as a marketing consultant, expecting your first child and not really knowing day to day how your routine may change or what responsibilities are going to come or even being a mom for the first time and all the things... My husband and I are trying to conceive now and we're in that season. And so when you're saying that, I'm thinking, I'm already thinking about all of that. And mm-hmm. I think this conversation is a cool place for women to leave and to be challenged, to be careful of how they can be extremely content where they are and hopeful, knowing that they look at someone like you and see all of your success and see your family and see your businesses and see your relationships with personal friendships, but also with other powerhouse business owners, and they can think, man, one day, one day, what would you say to somebody that sees you as, sees your life right now as, gosh, that's my end goal. As somebody that's there, how would you encourage them to be content with they are and expectant that things will come their way as they're supposed to?
1: Wow. Well, that's a lot. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean, I just think that and I hear that and I'm like, wow, this is, I, I definitely see every day as just a new opportunity. I don't, and I I think I'm totally, uh, I just hate, I don't like, I think our our Instagram and our, you know, social shows like as we all talk about, the highlight reel of our lives and there's a lot of things behind the scenes that are not perfect, believe me. And it's you know, some days I'm just like, What am I doing with my life? And (laughs) this is really hard and Mm -hmm. Lord, why am I in this position? And some days are, are great, but but I don't think there's any time in your life where you feel like, okay, I've made it. This is it. Mm-hmm. I've done it. I've done all the things I want to do. I've accomplished all of them. And I don't know if that's not like, if that's a feeling, I don't think it's, I wouldn't say that's discontent. I feel like it's at least how I feel is like, there's always something more we can pursue and something yeah. that, you know, I think the day that we're like, okay, we're done. We've hit, we've hit all the milestones. Mm-hmm. Then then there. that's when discontentment comes in but I think that we can constantly grow and change and improve ourselves. And that's what I'm trying to do every day with every, all the businesses that I've created. And, and, and I didn't like set out one day to say, okay, I'm going to make these businesses happen and they're going to happen because believe me, they would not have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a willingness. Um, I have, a, we have a dear family and friends in, in Florida, one of the, the, the mom or my mom's friend actually, who, um, it's been kind of a mentor to me. She just said, if you open up your heart, and do what makes you heart, your heart sing. If everybody in the world opened up their heart and did what made their heart sing, the world would be a better place. And that just means like opening up your heart to whatever comes your way. I mean, of course, you have to say no, and maybe you say no more than you say yes, but I think being willing to to say yes in some situations. Like, you know, there's never going to be a perfect time to start a business. There's never going to be a perfect time to have a kid or to... You're never going to be in that situation where you are like, okay, I am at the spot. Because, you know, you could you can try for years to get to a certain level in your career and have enough money and have the house and have the car and have the 401k. And then you try to get pregnant and then maybe maybe you aren't able to get pregnant. You know, or maybe you, you do get pregnant and then you realize you didn't even finish what you want to accomplish in this, you know, it's just, there's never really that, that place where I feel like, you know, you've you're there and that sounds kind of depressing, but I think I don't mean it to be depressing. I mean it to be like, I think where you are is where you're supposed to be as cliche as that sounds, but, but don't just feel like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be the rest of my life. This is a season of your life Mm -hmm. and it might not look the way you want it to look right now. But I think if you have a clear path and a clear direction you want to go in, and you have certain goals you want to meet. Like I knew I always wanted to work for myself. I knew I always wanted to be able to be home with my kids because my mom worked my whole childhood and I I really wanted to be able to have a job where I could work and be with my kids. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't have that goal, but I had that goal. Um and so I kind of fit everything else into those little categories where work from home, work for myself, empower women. Those are kind of my like three things now and it'll probably change in the next 5 to 10, 10 years or 3 years, but I think setting goals for yourself, whatever those look like, you know, for a big picture and then kind of daily goals. Like what are three things you can do today for yourself that are going to help you feel like you've accomplished something for you? And that might sound selfish to some people, but I think I spend a lot of my time just doing things for other people and that, and being the people pleaser. And that's Mm -hmm. when I end up just hitting the ground really hard, like just Mm -hmm. not in a good spot. And so I think if if you can do one or two, even one or two little things a day for yourself to get you towards that goal that you're trying to accomplish, then you'll get there and and reach out and and have people help because believe me, you can try all day long to do things on your own, but it goes by a lot faster and how is a lot easier if you have support behind you and you build your own community of support and you can do that with one person or 50 people, but Mm -hmm. it's whatever works best with your lifestyle and what your needs are.
0: Yeah. We can't do anything alone. No. I have learned that we cannot do anything alone and it's a lot as more much fun.
1: We, yeah. It's such more fun. And it, it's, it's hard taking that first step, I think, but once yeah. you do, it's like, Oh, like come, let's let's all talk about our ideas and resources together. Cause this is what, yeah. this is why we're, this is what makes the world a better place to go, helps things go around when, when people are willing to do
0: that. Mm-hmm. And you see how her story came about from just doing that. You have your oh, business yeah. and it's moving and grooving. And you're paying attention to your friendships and what these other women that you know need this Mm -hmm. year with COVID. And you're able to start something brand new that has so much intention behind it. It's solving a problem. It's serving customers. It's serving business owners. It's so beautiful. And it's something that we can't orchestrate on our own. We just have to listen and pay attention and be ready to say yes. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You have to be ready to say yes. Because think about it. I mean, this business would not, her story would not be here without COVID. And so, mm-hmm. and they say that during, you know, in the history of, of the world with huge economic downturn, some of the, actually, I think arguably like the largest companies and the best ideas come out of that,
0: they do. those
1: times. And I'm excited to see, I know there's a lot of hardship and I, a lot of job loss and a lot of pain going on. But I think too, there's also a lot of really, interesting and unique opportunities coming out of COVID um, that we're going to see in the next few months and years.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm so thankful you spent some time with me today. And I just want to thank you again for just showing up this morning, ready to have a conversation and let people into your world. It's been one of my greatest treats with this podcast, seeing how women are so ready to show up and give what they have to empower other people and I'm just thankful for you and for some time with you today.
1: Well, I'm thankful for you, Britt. And I appreciate all that you're doing uh, with your podcast and with your businesses. And we uh, need to get you on message from mom and talk about how you built your businesses and what you're doing and all the cool things you're up to. So always love talking to fellow um, entrepreneurs and women who want to empower other women. So thank you for having me on. It's such an honor today.
0: Of course. Thank you. Want to know where you can find Whitney? You can find her online at WhitneyRowl.com, Miracle SupportHerStory.com, and Collective31.com. She's also on Instagram at Whitney W. Miracle Mill Cookies, Collective31, and Support Her Story. Check out our show notes for more on where you can get plugged in with Whitney. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and share this podcast with a girlfriend? A great way to help us get the word out is by screenshotting this episode on your cell phone and tagging us at Wheatful Woman to your Instagram story. We'd love to hear your favorite parts of the show so we can keep creating episodes that show up to serve you. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to catch you next time.